Welcome to Season 7, Episode 3 of The Bogcast. And today we are joined by our good friend and colleague in the fitness industry here in Kenya, Fleur Williamson. Fleur is in Mombasa, is that right? Pingo, yeah. Pingo. Welcome to The Bogcast, Fleur. Thank you, guys. It's I think this is your first podcast? It definitely is. You'll uh, notice. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's just good chat here. And Fleur is a diabetic, and we are following on from our podcast last week where we were talking all about blood glucose, why it's important, how to monitor it. And we've, we've known Fleur for a a good good long time now and yeah. um yeah what five five years i think five years because skylar was just born five years wow yeah. and yeah fleur is a personal trainer and are you a nutritionist a sports nutritionist as well well you know what not i'm not i'm not like a, a registered no i would say nutrition um coach mm-hmm. at the very best okay so not uh not unknowledgeable but um i can't get, take that credit okay but you're studying sports nutrition as well yeah, yeah. i am I'm, I'm trying to finish that now after a long break and corrective exercise oh, we've nice. done that oh all so, the good stuff yeah so yeah flair is into training and i mean you've had your fair share of uh, setbacks with your back issues, but we won't, we're not talking about that here. That could be another podcast. No, that could be another episode or three. <laughs> how to deal with injuries. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But we wanted to talk to you today about how you manage your diabetes through training and nutrition. But first, maybe give us a little um, history of yourself, of your yeah, your journey with diabetes, when you were diagnosed, your training, yeah. nutrition, all of that. Yeah. Um, well, where shall I start? Um, I think um, we don't know exact dates, but when I was a child, my mother already had a hunch that I might have diabetes because of my extreme thirst. And also, I, I often couldn't stop eating because it was like a type 2 diabetes, where if your sugar levels are high, you do anything to keep um your body to be on that high, otherwise mentally and physically you feel terrible. Um, but back in the days I was taken to the doctor several times, but they did one finger prick at that very moment, and that's it, it was 5.6, so you were sent off. And that is obviously not the test on how to see if you have diabetes or not, because um, eventually you're with a type 2, your blood sugar will go down after a meal or exercise. It's just not um, a correct way of doing it. And um, so yeah, I actually always really struggled because I was very sporty, um, but I often lacked the energy and just had to keep eating to, or drinking to feel all right. And only um, when I became, um, when, I, when I got pregnant with my first child, um, it came out with vengeance. So I was hospitalized with, I think I was 25.6. So I wasn't even allowed to leave the, the, um, the hospital from the gynae's office. I was sent straight in on drips and everything. Um, and that gestational diabetes, but it was actually, 
I had type 2, which that they didn't know. And the pregnancy boosted it so far that, um, this is quite a story, I became a type Lada, which is latent autoimmune diabetes impediment, which is a type between 1 and 2. So you can't live without insulin, but you're not quite type 1 yet, where your body cannot produce the insulin. And then there is such a thing they call the honeymoon period, which is where your body now changes to a full type 1. So the cells in your pancreas get attacked by your own body, and then you don't produce any insulin anymore. And that is um, my story. So type 1 has been now 12 years. Yeah, almost 12 years. Um, and I guess for, you know, there's 11 types of diabetes, guys. There's so many. But um, most of you know type 1, type 2, just gestational. I think those are the most, the most common. And there is no straight answer on how to deal with diabetes because I know quite a lot of type 1 diabetics. And all of us react in different ways because there are seven influences. If you know one of them by heart, but they can mix in every way possible. So it's almost an infinite uh, number of reasons why your blood sugars go up or down. So we know, for example, infection, um, stress, all those common ones. Uh, but sometimes you just don't know, and that is that is the really tricky part of diabetes and I think especially a lot of you know young people that get diagnosed have an incredible mental struggle of accepting that disease and that it means that you have to plan everything in your life wherever you go whatever you're going to do for me personally that wasn't so bad because I was already in my 30s and I think you're just you know, you don't just go off on a whim and you go clubbing somewhere, you know, it's, you're just a bit more, like mentally more mature. So I think, especially for younger kids and teenagers, yeah, it will be a lot harder. Yeah, no, that's, I, honestly, I didn't know there were so many types. That's yeah. blown my mind. Yeah, yeah also, the new one is often referred to as type one and a half. Okay, it's 1.5 because it sits in between 1 and 2. And it, yeah, like... no, it is called yeah, type 1.5 or a larger. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of them. And, um, you know, sometimes people can just get it by being extremely ill. <clears throat> and, for example, having used steroids. You know, when people have a laugh about malaria, for example, yes, like whatever. But disease, like, um, it, um, things like malaria, if you get it several times, it can actually bring on this, uh, you know, this attack on your own cells. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's so many ways how you can get it. But yeah, yeah we all know the main type, type 2, which is um, like a pandemic, I think, now, because people, you know, it's not always, definitely not their own fault, because it's hereditary. And so people are super skinny, are super fit, and they still get it. 
So it's, uh, I always think it's quite unfair when people point at overweight mm -hmm. uh, patients or dietary. <laughs> it's quite unfair and it's um, quite degrading, I think. It's, uh, it's not something anyone wants. But I do believe there is so much you can do about it by diet and exercise. Yeah. Well, I think that's so interesting because like when I, and I think, you know, Andy's, Andy's been testing his glucose for a long time. And like when I put it, everyone's yeah. like, but you're not, you know, you're not a diabetic. You're not, you know, overweight. It's like that. It doesn't, yeah. like you say, it doesn't matter, you know, and yeah. you can, like you say, you can be fit and, and then, you know, you, you can get it. And so it's, I think it's, again, it's. Really yeah. Hard. I was competition leading and my blood glucose was. Yeah, between six and seven, you know, the points, you know, fasted. So, you know, and that's just a hereditary thing. So, you know, so for me, that's because your body was under stress, maybe. I yeah, that's why it was so high. But even when I was fed, like my blood glucose, if I'm not careful with how I eat my carbohydrates and at what times, I, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's very easy to be over, you know, nearly six quite often on weight yeah, it's not it's not too bad to be it's honest. not too bad it's um mine is more to do with the t3 cells not absorbing the glucose properly rather than related so yeah and i had genetic testing and it's been found in genetic testing on me um but yeah it's, it's harder to spot yeah because everyone thinks you yeah type 2 comes when you're overweight as you just said but reality is some people just, yeah, they can do, you know, poor lifestyle choices, but there is a hereditary element, a genetic component. Very big, yeah, especially type 2. Type 1 is not hereditary. Yeah. Um, it is type 2, actually, which is very sad, but, um, you know, when you speak about uh, time in range, any, anyone who doesn't have diabetes and it puts food in their mouth, um, their blood sugars will go up and then you produce insulin and it will come down again. Yeah. So if you test your blood after, you know, like Leon had Ugali yesterday, mm. um, your blood sugars after an hour or even 30 minutes will be raised. Yeah. And that is no, that's no reason to panic. So you test yeah. for two hours after, after your meal, if then it should be settled by mm. then. If it doesn't, then, you know, then there's sort of an issue. And that is how they test, um, they test you when you're, um, you know, empty stomach, they give you glucose water, test before and after, and they do that several times. It's quite a miserable test. You've done it, Andy. Yeah. 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 What, kind of, what came out of it, like pre-diabetes or? Yeah, so the numbers were pre-diabetic uh, numbers and, um, you know, it was like, you know, yeah, you know, you're borderline pre-diabetic, but you know I've now got um, I've done the test since, and it's, yeah, it's way under control now. As in, like I got it down to normal on the, the last time I did the test, so we were happy. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have your glucose, do your tests, small glucose water. And... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it, it takes forever. It's really miserable to do actually. But, when, but it's good, at least yeah. you know about your body, what you can do, and, what you, and, and sometimes if you want to really, you know, 
like a heavy meal. It's it's the thing with type one diabetes. People say, oh, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Well, that is not how it works because we don't produce insulin. That would mean we can't eat anything ever. Mm. So we can eat, and that's why we use long-acting insulin and short-acting insulin. For me personally, this is very different than to many people. I get quite depressed if I use a lot of short-acting insulin. It doesn't really work for me. But there's plenty, plenty of people that do eat the burger with the white bun and with the chips and whatever, and they carb count. They're really good at carb counting. You're like a magician when you're diabetic. <laughs> and they, they know how to inject for that, and they're totally fine. So there's no such thing as you cannot eat that. As well with type 2, it's different. You should actually really, because you can, you, you know, people say you can, you can cure it, you can never cure it, but you can make it sort of dormant. So you can keep it under control. And that takes quite a lot of uh, discipline, of course. But diet and exercise is absolute key to keeping that under control and, and prevent from the most you know horrendous uh, complications later on in life and I, and it's that's why it's a sneaky disease because mm. you don't see the exact the same everybody has said you don't see the results of bad management straight away but mm. once you get nerve damage mm. and damaging your eyes you know that's when you're too late. Yeah. And that's why I do think, you know, with a population that is, um, yeah, the, the obesity rate is quite cool. I just say that, uh, um, um, you know, explanation on schools, like in, uh, information available, what it can do to you. But when you're young, as a kid, do you care? No. Not really, huh? No. That's it. No. This is quite funny. We have this discussion with Kaya. Yeah. We have this discussion with Kaya because Kaya's nan, her mum's mum, has diabetes and she's blind in one eye. When she broke her leg when she was visiting Kenya, it took her over six months for that bone to heal. Because mm. of diabetes. Yeah. yeah she's bad. It's like she thinks she's really good at managing her insulin nowadays. But on things like flights, because you never know how much food they're going to feed you on a flight. Mm. So she's yes. like, and we reduce the portion size. So I remember her coming and she thought she was going to get a full meal. And we gave her like a sandwich, but she'd already taken her insulin. Yeah. She went yes. she went low blood sugar, fell over the airport and broke her leg. Oh, oh my God, but did she, um, did she not carry sweets or... Because I think she used too much, she used too much insulin. Yeah. Because she thought she'd have a full meal on the plane. Yeah. And, yeah, because, you know... If, if you get a, a hyper from too much insulin, sorry, my ear. Um, <laughs> we carry dextrose. Yeah. Both any really fast. Banana, some chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Banana is too slow. Chocolate yeah. is too slow. Way too slow. So you need to have really dirty sugar, you know, like... <laughs> Boiled sweets. Harry oh, uh, are great. Fast acting dextrose because chocolate it releases way too slow. Mm. But that's another interesting yeah. thing is what that what she had is a hypo, and yeah. therefore broke her leg. 
a lot of diabetics, if you don't um, manage your blood sugar as well, you become um, uh, um, in, insensitive, is that the word, to feeling yeah. the glucose coming. So if you don't um, manage your blood sugar as well, the highs and lows become less recognizable. So I know when I get a low, I get just before that quite euphoric. I start talking a lot, and I'm like, me excited. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I feel my whole body crashing down and jittery and shaking and sweating, and it's really awful. But maybe what she had is indeed that she didn't feel it coming. Does it been coming? Yeah, and then she's got older. I noticed this because we were in yeah, Dublin. Although, you know, she's my ex-wife's mum. Yeah, we still get on quite well. So we were, we were in Dublin together last summer. Mm. And you just see it. Like, you know, middle of the night, she'll suddenly be walking around the house. And you're like, all right, let's get you some sugar. My heart goes out to parents that have to deal with a child with type 1 diabetes. It must be the most horrendous thing in the world. Don't think you'll ever sleep again. And the good thing is now we have CGM's constant glucose monitoring. Those where I remember you guys have seen it on my arm. Yeah, yeah that cool. My um, glucose is measured every minute and it goes straight onto my Apple Watch. I can see it trending. It gives out alarms mm. when your blood sugar rises too fast or it's going to drop. And I think that is like a savior for people with diabetes and I never learned more about my own body than using a CGM. Unfortunately, I can't get them in Kenya mm. and I used to get them from UK. However, when you buy them there, you need to sort of show past that you're actually diabetic uh, yeah. or they become so expensive yeah. on like Amazon. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I wish you could get them here because it's it would be extremely interesting for your research as well to do that. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. So you get track of 24 hours a day for two weeks, well, yeah. for months if you want to. Yeah, is, yeah we talked a bit about it last week. It's like the new the technology now for tracking, wearable tech, is just amazing. Yeah, It's amazing. I learned because we're told that, you know, don't eat too much fruit. Well, obviously, you know, bananas. They're not great for us, right? but watermelon. I started testing food once I got the CGM. So I would have watermelon, and I could see this spike like go up. And I didn't do anything, no insulin, no nothing. Within an hour, it was completely gone. So you learn so much about, you know, you can you can read up about glycemic index and stuff, but everybody is quite different. Mm -hmm. So a good example is, um, guys, I'm at the coast. A lot of diabetics have blood sugars rise in the heat. Mine plummets really badly. So the long-acting long insulin I use twice a day is too much when I go to the coast. So I start reducing intake already in Nairobi because the heat somehow, I don't know why, yeah. makes my blood sugars drop and with a lot of diabetics they're worried to go to tropical countries because their sugar spikes so high so just like, i think heat has a, a, a stress response to the body if your body finds it hot and we don't know how our bodies deal with stress 
yeah. the glucose issue. So you're monitoring it like you are, and you can actually see the response that the heat has on your body. And everyone's different, I suppose. That yeah, is it's, it's, you know, so it's interesting. An absolute nurturing. That's why with time, you really learn about your body. You really learn. You know, I know how to drink glass wine without issues. Because yeah. I know how my body works. So I'm not panicked about it. But I wouldn't, of course, wouldn't drink vodka, like Coke or something. Mm. But, you know, you figure it out. And just like with um, exercise, for example, when you get the second burn, that can be quite dangerous with diabetes because if you get, when is that second burn clear? How many hours after? Eight hours or something? The second. You burn in, yes, the second burn in your body. So if you do a heavy weight session, your body is burning energy, of course. If it's a heavy session, it has to be between six and eight hours later, your body does some sort of a second burn. And that is when we need to be careful because then we get high post. Our blood sugar suddenly drops too fast. Oh, wow. I decided to look up actually. Quite like, interesting to see. I've never your... heard of that, Flair. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Huh. There, there are quite a few um, diabetic fitness accounts yeah. of um, bodybuilders. Mm. Um, and then they have actually taught me all of this, and it all makes yeah. perfect sense because I didn't know this either. Yeah. But I guess you won't notice it. Yeah, bodybuilders yeah. are very experimental. That's that's a good thing. So if you <laughs> if you find one who's diabetic, they'll 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 have done everything, played around with all the insulin. Just I guess for the purpose of Listen education. Alan Bales for that. Yeah. Alan Bales is a British bodybuilder. Yeah, the only problem is his Newcastle accent. Stephen Harper meet him. So yeah. that's how you know, people in Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> so that's no, but it is uh, very addictive. Yeah, but also supplements and diabetes is a big thing. So if you want to take supplements when you're a um, you know, like a heavy gym user, um, not everyone can just process because protein, is, even though it's protein or not a carb, it still raises our blood sugars. Yeah. So this is, you know, there is no straight answer. Because everybody is, everybody literally is so different. Mm -hmm. But there are some really good guides out there on how to use supplements and um, how to deal with them as a diabetic. Yeah. So, like, with your insulin, like, so you take that twice a day, um, and then. Just take us through like a day of like if you were going to train, how would you plan it? Because it sounds like you have to plan things. <laughs> okay, so um, I use long-acting insulin when I wake up, uh, when I go to bed. Mm -hmm. So it's roughly twice in 24 hours. Um, that is usually the same amount because that is my basic insulin to keep my blood sugars fairly low. Mm -hmm. So then I wake up, I check my blood sugars, and um, usually when I rise physically, my body rises, or even before I wake up, my blood sugars start going up. Um, it's called dawn phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So from about 4.35, my blood sugars start rising. If I know I'm going to train around 8 or 9, I don't do much about my high blood sugars because they're only super high, maybe seven and a half or something. So I just train it off. 
because I don't like to eat before training. Maybe I have some black coffee, mm. but that's it. Um, if I don't train, I'll inject for that what a foot up number, but it's too high. So you want to try to be around, you know, five and a half for me is perfectly fine. Between 4.8 and 5.8, I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I've trained after my training. I wait a little bit for the body to settle down and to, I check again. If it's um, cardio, the chances are quite high that they, my blood sugars have dropped a lot. So I have to eat to come back up. Um, when it's weight training, I'm often a little bit high because my body was under stress. Mm. So usually with weight training, I come out around seven, seven and a half. So then, of course, I'm still hungry. I eat and I inject. So I've got the seven, let's say I'm almost seven and a half, and I'm going to eat. So then I calculate the amount of insulin I need for that particular meal. Plus, if I'm on seven and a half, I need two units of fast acting insulin to come back into a range where I want to be. Sounds quite complicated, I think. But this is sort of like the whole day goes. So yeah. Now it's lunchtime. I check my blood sugars before I eat. Then I look at what I eat, what is, like Andy says, I need to see on my plate what's there. I have exactly made that same mistake of once on safari going to a buffet and I was like, oh, that looks good. But <laughs> I put in like 10 minutes of insulin and, and all the potatoes and the rice was finished. Oh, and I had a complete panic attack there. So everything, every meal I check before, I inject for that. You know, sometimes I let it go if I feel totally fine. And if I feel a bit like meh, then I check again. But um, so for me, anger is the first sign of having high blood sugars. Incredible, infuriating anger. <laughs> where you say really horrendous stuff to people that you don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really horrible. Mm-hmm. And with the low, like I said, I get really chatty, 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 and I'm really busy. It's a bit, bit erratic almost. Um, so then if I've done this heavy, let's say heavy workout, which I haven't done in a long time because there are other issues, but then I would know that around, let's say, you know, I trained at seven or six. I know at around four, I'm expecting a dip in my blood sugars. So I sort of monitor that and might have a snack, like, you know, just small bananas or whatever, like size of toast. Nothing too drastic, but I would make sure that I'm ahead of that, what's going to happen. And that is actually how the whole day goes. So everything we put in your mouth yeah. needs to be monitored. And admittedly, you don't always do that because you get tired of it. Yeah. You're like, I can't be bothered anymore. Um, and that is what a lot of you know, younger kids get. It's, uh, um, what is it called? Um, I've got the name, but there's actually a name for it, where you get so so tired of doing it that you let it go yeah. and then your blood sugars go out of range and it's not that easy to get them back you can't say i've done a month of 
sort of picking and eating and not doing well, I'm going to inject and now I'm okay. It's a very fine balance to keep it all under control. And sleep, for me, is um, one of the most important things to sleep because I definitely have a lot less energy than, um, well, not supposed to say, but like a normal person, yeah. a person without diabetes. Yeah. Um, so sleep, sleep and exercise. If I don't exercise, everything falls apart like a house of cards. So I, I have got to exercise every day, even when I'm not well, I'll still go for a walk or go for a really slow swim. And I don't want to, I really don't want to, but I will do it because the ramifications of not doing it are not worth it. Yeah. And when It's like a constant management side. It's just constantly managing your life and constantly managing from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, just trying to be as optimal as you can to, to be able to have a decent day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a normal a, a, a day that you can yourself through, not you know. Yeah, you know what, Andy, it's a really good question because, like we earlier said, mental health has a lot to do with diabetes. And um, I've never really suffered that much that I felt, you know, okay, I, I've not been happy, but I've never gone into depression from it. Or I just thought, let's just deal with it and have fun, you know, let's live life. That has been my take on it, but that doesn't mean that a lot of people can't yeah. do that. And a lot of people don't have all the possibilities that I have, like going to gyms or going for swims and walking out of the door, um, because maybe, you know, they have kids and a job um, that doesn't allow them to do that. And or the costs mm. of diabetes, of insulin in Kenya is insane. Um, and that's another thing we should be yeah. grateful for. And therefore, I don't have that um, depressive side in me. I just don't have it. But I think um, acceptance of the disease is the, the only and the first step to the management. Yeah. I think that that is actually a sad truth. Acceptance, that's it. And, um, and then we can work out how to deal with it. Sorry? No, you know, um, it's just every podcast we do just makes me realize how almost sub below par the all education systems are because you don't get taught, I guess, exercise. Like even in school, when it's about lifestyle diseases, you just learn the names, nothing else. So like from your perspective if you were to change and sort of introduce how how would you go about teaching the younger kids so that even if they have it they can accept it easier or yeah you know just learn well, about it in case they have someone at home parent brother and you know because it seems this is such a great question leon because this is actually what um, I'm starting this year. This is my, um, my new business. Um, so I'm yeah. currently studying as diabetes educator. Nice. Because what I'm going to do in Nairobi is 
um, when people get diagnosed, they go to an endocrinologist and they get the diagnosis. They teach you how somehow how to deal with diabetes. You get your medication, and there you go. So what I want to do, if someone gets in a family gets diabetes, it doesn't matter who's type one or two. I come in and teach that whole family on how to deal with it, and. Um, learn how to eat better, learn how to read labels of food, learn what half an hour walk can do to you, learn how to read your your body better by feeling hypers and hypers come up. So I think that guidance is lacking here. And let's say if it's a brother or father, it doesn't matter because that whole family needs to live with it. And kids need to know I want to be able to show examples that you have type 1 diabetics in the Olympics, you know, that you have fantastic athletes, bodybuilders galore with type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. And that they're not um, just labeled, you know, diabetic, which has a bad name because mm. I quite like the jokes personally, but you know, when they said, oh, yeah, if. Uh, Peter's 12 Mars bars and 16 Milky Ways. What has he got? Oh, he's got diabetes. Yeah. That joke, I, I personally find that really funny, but a lot of people find that offensive. But yeah, so this is what I want to do. And I, um, for families, but also for schools, also for schools, teaching children how to eat better and how to eat healthy and not. Um, and like sort of the upmarket kind of way, but with local produce from Kenya soil. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to go and get such goji berries, pomegranates. But yeah. we, can, we can have a really healthy diet fit for diabetics and anyone actually. Our diet is actually like yours should be, you know? Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, all macros should be there. Yeah. And all uh, everything is actually the same, but we don't always do that, really. So yeah, this is my goal. Oh, I think um, you did some good point though, and this is what will work really well. Is the education at schools as well? Because I actually remember when I first discovered diabetes is when a art teacher, Mr. Dutre, I still remember him. <laughs> he has he, he went hypo during an art lesson. Oh wow. And he started talking about Yogi Bear. He was, he was talking absolute nonsense. So, uh, so I had to go get another teacher. And oh, Mr. Wellington, who was my health tutor, he was like, he was diabetic as well. He made us run to the tuck shop, mm. get a Mars bar, run back, and fed him Mars And then we had to have an assembly on diabetes. And actually, we learned quite a lot in that assembly. Mr. Wellington took it, he was diabetic, mm. explained it all. Because actually, at that point, we didn't really know a lot. Yeah, we were just kids, you know, we didn't know mm. anything yeah. about that. Yeah, we just, just thought he was, just he was a bit crazy. I've got these, um, you know, medical emergency bands, mm. um, and it just, you know, in case you fall down, that's at least the hospital knows what's going on. But I've got one when I was a lot younger. Um, I had one that says, I'm not drunk. But I'm, uh, but I'm diabetic because you can start talking like a complete imbecile, you know. Mm. Um, 
and I suppose my husband's got some good stories as well like, where I'm just screaming, give me the bears. I want the bears. I want all the bears. And I was talking about gummy bears. Yeah. Because, you know, what do you, what do you call those? The hairy bears. Yeah. yeah. Because that is all I needed to come out of this. Yeah. Know? It was absolutely really crazy. But I also think, for example, like gyms. Mm. Like gyms, you know. Yeah. What, what it actually means. There's stuff, even though you have some um, liquid um, glucose, so you know, don't just pour it in someone's mouth because it, it can happen to actually anyone, you know what I mean? So it would be, I think, for such an enormous worldwide disease, there's very little known yeah, about yeah. people. They just know you've yeah. got some stupid sugar. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, like they, a fat bastard or something when you have it. They should. Uh... Yeah. They should add that to first aid um, curriculum because also the first aid curriculum yeah. is a bit crappy. It's same. Oh, 100%. It's, it's just 100%. not really changed. Yeah, so they maybe taught us it in the police. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. because when you deal with drunks on the street, yes. actually, True. you've got to determine whether they're drunk or actually having a mental health episode or a diabetic yes. episode. Yeah, so they yeah. taught us that in police, actually, when dealing with True. people on the street, you know. Check the signs of diabetes first. Move that out before before arresting someone for being drunk. That's just yeah. I guess yeah. it's yeah. 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 <laughs> first. I guess it's like no. It's actually really good that they do that. I think that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Just but you know, like in the UK, for example, you always have your your card with you. Also, mm. I think and you'll notice because I think you can only drive if they stop you and your blood sugars are too high. Or too low, I think they'll take you off the road straight away. Yeah, technically, if you have got unmanageable diabetes, you're meant to tell the DVLA, mm-hmm. and then they're, they're meant to actually suspend your license to a doctor, write a letter to say you've, you, you've got management of your blood sugars. Yeah, I think because I think they, they check your HbA1c, which is mm-hmm. the average of your blood sugars over the last three months. Have you done this to yet? Not yet. <laughs> Still gathering it's, data. It's, it's fantastic. Especially yeah. the clinic. They just draw a tiny bit of blood. They put it in some centrifuge. And then you know uh, within minutes the exact average number of your blood your blood glucose. Wow. Yeesh. That, so. that, is, that is very interesting yeah. to use as well. And this is what they use for, I think, for for the driver's license. So if I don't pass the HbA1c test on their, I guess, five and eight of six or something, yeah. they're not allowed to drive them anymore. Yeah, the... so that's quite serious. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it is like, if if you're on a highway and then you have a yeah, if you go hypo or hypo, yeah. that's serious. Yeah, the that... NAS cars are best though. You go into a car, you open the glove box, it's full of sweets. Yeah, it's brilliant. But it's crazy. The I guess the Kenyan health and even fitness industry is is like the the gap is so huge. Because it's like, yeah, training, nutrition, diet, lifestyle diseases, and then blank space, knowledge, and then, I guess, what what your doctor teaches you in between those, even both in lifestyle diseases, diabetes, therapy, mental health, is, is just a huge gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, like, I think that's why, you know, even if you're not diabetic, just, I mean... 
like fair you have to take it to the extreme you yeah. need to know like before after meals before training after training but i think that just shows how important it is on you know even if you don't have diabetes like the effect of not sleeping yeah, yeah. the effect of stress yes. on your body and yeah. the importance of you know nutrient timing to you know enhance you know enhance your life and like we were saying before the podcast started like if you've got your you know continuous glucose monitor you know you can just check and you can be like oh yeah if i'm going to train then my blood sugar's a little bit low now i could you know yeah. you know i'd probably train better if i had xyz to eat now and yeah. um I think that, yeah, that constant glucose monitor is so interesting and that's such a shame you know, that you can't... Yeah, the cool it. thing is with the CGM, the constant glucose monitor, is that it works on your phone and on your watch, mm. but on your phone. You can put in every day when you train, which time. So then the CGM creates trends for you. So by the trends, that is, that is over 90 days, yeah. it starts, you can actually see what happens exactly with the exercise trends so that is absolutely phenomenal uh knowledge mm -hmm. and i think especially for yeah for bodybuilders as well it's just absolutely amazing i think generally as you said earlier everyone should look at a nutrition like diabetics do as in you know when when do you need high blood you know when you know you need blood glucose higher levels to train you know you get you need that energy but actually, the other times, you want to get them to a manageable level. It's like what we talked about last week with the nutrient timing. I always say, save your carbohydrates around the training window and reduce some other parts of the day because you know, you're not so active. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and get that blood level stability. Everyone should have stable levels, regardless yeah. of it's not. And you, and, and Andy, you will know what, um, if you're not balanced, how tired you get, how much energy you lose by not being in range. So they call it T I R time in range. Mm. That is what that is what diabetics need to aim for. That you want to be ninety percent time in range, for example. So you don't have to be perfect, but you know, guys, like with everything, there has to be a balance yeah. in life. So there's mental health, physical. But you also need to know, even we have to now and then let go and say, you know what, I'm just going to eat up Magnum ice cream. I do not care, but it has to be the one off because then it doesn't completely throw you off yeah. track. But, if you, but so with me, the bad thing is I can't really do that because once I go off track, Clea knows this, it is really hard for me to go back on because once I had that sort of sugar high in my brain. I I just want it. It's almost like a drug addict. It just I just want to be there again. So mm. I really want me to go fasting afterwards and then I'm back. But yeah, like I said, everyone is very different and I'm sure if anyone at TRD hears this, they're like, well for me it just works very di very different. Yeah, Sorry. no worries. Well, I think it's so interesting, maybe as well for you, because I mean, you know how to track your calories and macros. Does that help you when you're trying to figure out how much insulin to have? Or how do you calculate that? That sounds like so extreme you know maths. Is, yeah, so you need to, well, you know how difficult it is. Um, 
to to get how many carbs are in a meal. You know, like if you make mashed potatoes, like how much are you going to weigh it exactly? I've stopped doing that personally a long time ago. So I think there's formulas for it. But the formula um, differs per patient. So I know, for example, that um, let's say I'm seven and I want to go down to six, that I need one unit of a certain type of insulin. So that so I know if I look at my meal, so if I have two slices of brown bread with butter and cheese, I know I need six units. But when you just get diagnosed, you need to calculate that. But they have apps for that now. Okay. So you, so your endocrinologist tells you the ratio. And then you have to start counting the carbohydrates in your meal. Then you use the formula from your endo to figure out how many units of insulin you use. So for me, it's pure um, experience. I can look at a plate and I'm like 95% right. I know what I need. But like I said, I try not. My aim is really to not use too much insulin Mm -hmm. because... It just doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make my body happy. And um, some people can do it. But um, besides um, the depression, which is for me the main reason not to inject so much or try to use as less as possible, um, can you imagine how um, expensive it gets as well? If you are not too fortunate in life and you need to buy diabetic supplies, you're looking at, you know, uh, um, I just bought five pounds of fast-acting insulin yesterday, and it was 12,000 shillings. So if you use a lot of those, you know, you use one pen every week, then it's going to get very expensive, you know. So that's another, well, for me, also a reason to not go completely mad, and then you need your test strips. And... uh, Sponsored glucose monitor is about fifty pounds every two weeks, and we don't we are not insured. You can't be insured for diabetes, so everything is straight out of your yeah. pocket. Wow. Yeah. So it's so and the needles, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, you know it adds up. There's so many. Uh, I know. Costs. I know when Claire's nan comes to Kenya because she's Kenyan. She's got family here. She brings insulin pens with her and gives them to family members with diabetes because the cost in Kenya is so astronomical. Like she, she has loads at home because she gets some through healthcare, mm. <laughs> so she has packs of them. She's like, ah, it's okay. She, she, you know, she works the NHS. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is, you know, it's just mental in Kenya. Like the cost of things like that, you know. Whereas there is actually probably a lot of undiagnosed people with diabetes as well, purely because even getting diagnosed is expensive. Yeah. The sad thing is that the, the harsh truth is they won't live long because I don't think I would live much more, more than two to four weeks without insulin. I'll be dead. Mm. So this is how serious it is. And I've got my cousin Dave, actually cousin my husband, and he's a, he's a sweetheart who comes out and goes all his diabetic mates. And he fills up all their excess supplies and meters and strips and um, insulin. And, and I'm like, 
yeah, whatever brand, I'll take it. So at least I don't, you know, it's like worth 50,000 shillings of stuff he brings. So mm-hmm. then you're more, uh, for, you know, or more, more tempted to change the brand of insulin if it's for free. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But it is crazy here and it's, a, it's really a sad situation actually. Especially when you look at how much insulin costs to produce. The cost of actually production of insulin is so cheap. Yeah. And then it's and it was once made for the people because the um the guys that um invented insulin didn't patent it, so it could be free for all. Ah. And then of course over the years <laughs> that changed, and now it's big pharma that yeah. owns it. And I think people in the states have it much worse than us. They that is like fifteen hundred dollars a month to keep their kids alive, and they. They go on trips to Canada to actually get more affordable insulin. It is, it is really mad. And Walmart has a, an insulin. Made, uh, well, it's, it's like a generic insulin, but it doesn't always work on your body because there's so many types and so many ways um, that your body can um, react to it. Wow. Yeah, so that is a really big thing. But then I heard Mark Cuban has started. Oh, yeah, Did you hear this? That's what I was, Amazing. I was looking for. That yeah, he's, yeah, so he started this, what do you call it? A chemist. Like, yeah. Massive. And he only he takes maximum 15% uh, profit. It's and like. Is, so, like cheating. leukemia drugs that were $15,000 per shot, for example. And now three hundred, three hundred dollars or something. Yeah. So he's gonna change this big pharma world, hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's that's needed. My yeah. goodness, that just. And I, I guess for you, I mean, you weren't diagnosed until you know you were you were pregnant. Yeah. Um, and that's why I always have such cold feet. <laughs> so my hands and my feet are always like ice cubes, and it's definitely nerve damage. Yeah. Oh. Just. So cold, yeah, because slowly, slowly, it's never been that bad, because as a kid, you're super active, mm. yeah. you know, and I played hockey, and what did I not do, you know, was, yeah. you play sports in schools, but I've, I've always been too high for many, many years, Yeah. and thank God the doctors would do that, but it's definitely there, Yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's, that is scary, um, and I mean... If anyone follows Fly, I mean, you always post like the best food, and I love that because you know it just shows like you can still have delicious food. And I know yours is, I mean, you're not keto, but you you're generally lower low carb. carb. Yeah, yeah, low carb because that works for me. Yeah, yeah, See? that works for me, and I can't stress that enough. That doesn't person work for someone else, but mm-hmm. it, it gives me more energy to be low carb. Um, I, w- I will never cut out a whole food group yeah. because I think that's asking for more issues, more intolerances. And what what if you fall off the wagon and suddenly you want to eat a loaf of bread? What, yeah. what is going to happen to yeah. your body, you know? But yeah, no, I definitely strive for good food because I love food. Who yeah. doesn't? And, right? and I, I just think, like you said, like first of all, there's acceptance. And then, you know, your whole approach, I love it. Like, you've been through so much, but you're so positive about it. And, you know, you're like, I'm just going to take the best of it. Like, 
you train, you walk, you swim, you're active, and you have delicious food. And it, <laughs> I mean, honestly, my mum, I was telling my mum we were podcasting with you. She's like, oh, I've missed Fleur on Instagram. Oh, my mum my is 70, but she's still on Instagram. She says she posts oh, the she's best such a food. Diva. <laughs> I love her in her car with her lipstick and her big shades. It's like, oh, yeah, she is, mum. <laughs> so it just, it just shows like, yeah, you've got to accept it. And then I think like your new business that is so needed. Like, yeah, so I've needed. always, always wanted to do this. But um, obviously all the back surgeries uh, stopped a lot. And I'm, I'm also convinced that all these surgeries is all got to do with um, with diabetes. Because mm. I had back of an 85-year-old. And it's for someone that's done so much sports in a lifetime, mm. you know, it was... There's, there's no other way than that is related, yeah, you know, yeah. and for healing, I'm convinced. So now, yeah, now it's time uh, to claim back the life yep. and yeah. go for it, yeah. yeah. And it would be nice to give something back as well. Yeah, it'll help yeah. a lot of people. It really will. And just, just having you as a resource as well, I think, for everyone... You know, because, I mean, we're, we're in the fitness industry and, like, you know, there are loads of bodybuilders who are diabetics and, yeah. and, and you know, you can just, it's so nice to see someone like you, like, living your life and just showing people how to do it, like, how to, how to manage it and, you know, just, like, tips and tricks and just, yeah, yeah knowing that everyone is so different and... You know, like what you've learned, and I guess just experimenting as well. That seems to be. Yeah, yeah. If you have that chance to experiment, I would highly recommend that. And just give that, give yourself the chance to find out which foods work for you. And what happens is, and, and you know, I really wish we could get the CGMs here, eat ready, available. I think it would change lives so much, but that's something we should do. I've even asked certain companies that bring in di diabetic meters and got no thought, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's too expensive. And I said, well, be, I think people will pay for it, because if you look at the cost of your test strips from Ecocheck, that wasn't cheap. It must have been 3000 4000 yeah. per yeah. box. Yeah. 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 And I, I use like 10, 12 strips a day figure out wow. wow that's but that's why i don't yeah. buy those i just buy the cheapest one they're called onco plus <laughs> no, no good, well, good to know <laughs> where do I'll you get those you ones Gonna give me... yeah <laughs> perfect because yeah also, it's... <laughs> buy anything anything diabetes wise just buy it at the coast and i'll bust that about a third of the price of no really Wow, huh. yeah. nice. that's free advice here. Yeah, okay, okay, you want to sneak? Yeah, just send them by, D, what is it, uh, G4S. Yeah. Or... <laughs> but oh, I also nice. think, and um, like Flo, right. for you, like having that, that CGM, because I mean, do you get worried like at night that your, you know, your blood sugar will drop and you you won't know? Or no, is that not, not really. Yeah. I've had issues in the past. And um, people get up. Yeah. The CGM nowadays is so advanced yeah. that it starts beeping when you're too low, too high. Yeah. So it will wake you up. You can also link the CGM to your partner's phone or your mum's or your dad's. So they can tell us. The only the tricky thing is like, um, I, I like to wear my CGM here to, um, on my forearm 
because they say boots at the back, but you know, it's so easy to rip it off. Oh. And at 50 pounds, it really hurts when it comes <laughs> off. You know, you're like, um, that is that is just not cool. So I have it somewhere, so I see it. So brass straps or sports bras. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you lie on it in your sleep, um, it pushes in your, well, your fat and your tissue and whatever, and it, it will read a load. So you can wake up, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm 1.2, but it's actually CPM pressing in your arm. So that was another thing where I ate a whole bag of Haribo's, and there was nothing wrong with me. So now I'm way too high yeah. in the middle of the night, you know. So it's it's all learning, trial and error, fall in, get up again. But it's you know what, we're still alive. Yeah. I mean, we can still do almost anything we want. The only thing is, you can't have a clutch bag when you go out because you've got too much supplies with you. <laughs> but otherwise, it is, you know what? That is my my aim to teach people that you can have a really nice life with diabetes, and there's not much that you can't do. Nothing has to stop you yeah. from doing anything. No, especially not with the. You know, possibilities um, at the moment with the CGMs. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what other technology will come? Because I mean, that, I mean, I remember when you were wearing that and it even was on your like Apple Watch as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just incredible. I mean, for us who are quite yeah. geeky anyway, we'd love something like that. To be like, <laughs> What's the optimal food for us? I oh, or... haven't even got into insulin pumps yet. Oh, we, uh, oh you'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll need to get you back for a number. A second episode yeah. on all of that because this so interesting like honestly i didn't know that there were so many types i oh yeah yeah it's just it's it and they're just all so different it's also i think the worst that i've someone i've met maybe i should have classified as such but it's called brittle diabetes and um, brittle diabetes it's not an official diabetes but it is when you are diabetes you cannot in any way control it. So it doesn't matter what you do, even if you eat steamed broccoli all day and protein, and you do a walk, it can be sky high, it can drop like a windship, and that, that is the most dangerous diabetes I've, I've learned of uh, from someone in Kenya, actually, yeah. who had it. And yeah. that was insane. That is so, so scary, you know, that, you know, touch wood, I'm so lucky that I can completely control my mm-hmm. body, or Sorry. I would say 90%. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, uh, it's, it is inter- interesting, actually, to read up on it. But um, one of the best sites is, um, uh, I think it's diabetes.co.uk. Okay. It's incredibly informative. Have a look at that. Okay, yeah. And I, I, I follow a lot of these accounts. Um, on Instagram as well, and it's like because there's no education here, a bunch of diagnosed. Yeah. So yeah. you can find it now on Instagram and on you know anywhere on the internet, yeah. and it's just educate yourself. Yeah. 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 And That's again, the way forward, it, it's it's kind of like Leon was saying earlier, like we're all personal trainers here. What do we learn yeah. about diabetes? Nothing, and it's like. <laughs> Again, I think that's because it is so common. It's like that should be something that we, we're a bit more aware of since, you know, anyway, 
I think if you're yeah. into f- training and fitness and training other people, you should be more aware of blood glucose and like what levels to be in, how it affects you, things like that. So, I mean, there yeah. really does need to be more education. And um, yeah, um, yeah I was actually surprised when I did some all these courses that, I mean, and maybe the word was mentioned once, you know, in a personal trainer uh, thing, but there, was, there wasn't much to it. But I'm, conv- I'm convinced if you um, educate yourself, you know, or, or become a diabetes educator, that you could actually, this is what I want to do, train people as well yeah. with diabetes to show them what to look out for yeah. and what to be careful of and just be a guidance so you don't have to do it all on your own because it is scary. It is, it is very, it can be very scary. Yeah. You know, it's feelings and you get really high and then you feel you know, when, when you get a hypo, you basically have not done enough oxygen in your brain. So to make the right decisions to then save yourself, then that becomes much harder. So if you can train with someone that understands your condition, and you can go hard always, and you can actually, you know, follow a fantastic program, because you know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that someone is there to look after you and uh, knows how to monitor you. And it doesn't have to be that hard, I think. Yeah. It should, indeed, should be, could be a good part of an ex, tiny, small extra course, you know, for, tea, for trainers to follow that. I think so, because there are so many diabetics. And I think, yeah, like what you're going to do is so, so needed. And again, it's just like the, the mental health, like you've, you've yeah. chosen a positive outlook, but so many people will feel like really alone and isolated and, you know, maybe want to train, but are like, I just don't know how. And, you know. Oh, goodness. Yeah, because I have that sad, some diabetic fitness journey page. And especially on Facebook, it exploded. Yeah. And I get so many questions, like, oh my goodness, am I allowed to exercise? And they're like, you've been diagnosed. How on earth has no one told you that exercise is the key for your happy long life? Yeah? They don't even know. Am I allowed to go walking? But it's the most important thing to move that body. And it's, it's quite, um, yeah, you know, people just, I've noticed it myself in Nairobi that doctors don't have time for you because they have time to explain to you the, the absolutely you know necessary bits of it but otherwise there's nothing no advice whatsoever wow, so hopefully we can change that yeah well i think yeah I, honestly i think you you're perfect for that and it will, it will be, yeah, when, when it's up and running, you just let us know. <laughs> yeah. And we will get the sure. word out there because I really think that's needed. And, like, again, even if you're not diabetic, it just shows, like, how we were talking about, like, take a walk after your meal, how that can help so, so much. And just, you know, being aware of, even if you're not, you know, pricking your finger and checking your blood glucose, of how certain yeah. foods make you feel. Um, because we, we're striving for optimal here. Not just feeling normal. Yeah. You wanna you wanna feel your best, and I think it's yeah. It's it's always if you can know your body more, you're you're able to yeah. live a better life. And I mean, for you, you have to that you know yeah. to save your life. You've got to know your body so so well. 
Um, I mean, we're fortunate enough we don't have to do that, but you know, we still, uh, yeah, we still enjoy doing that. I mean, Andy, you're, yeah. you, you, I guess, have to in a way, and no, really interesting, Fleur. I've I've learned so Thank much you. in this uh, <laughs> hour with you, and we'll we'll put you know we'll put your IG handle as well in the oh, show okay. notes um and so you you but you say you're bigger on facebook um yeah it's a okay. diabetic fitness journey i don't know yeah you know what it's just for me mm-hmm. um actually i use it mainly for myself okay because it keeps me in check yeah, it's yeah. like oh my god anything around let's let's do something bit um I'm, I'm always a bit still in between like feel a bit ashamed post too much yeah. I always feel like over exposing myself but I do enjoy yeah the food size and if anyone can pick up on an easy meal that's tasty that works with your diabetes I'm super happy so thank you yeah, yeah. no if you want good food head to Fleur's Instagram page like I'm <laughs> always like oh what is Fleur having now <laughs> it's like something delicious and 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 again like I'm always I'm always like, how does she do it? Like, there's all these delicious ingredients, but you make it look so easy and simple. And I'm like... It is actually really easy. Are you having, like, grilled just, mushrooms with... Oh, yeah. I don't know what. Then you're having cabbage. I'm just hungry. Yeah. I'm just always hungry. <laughs> it's okay. I think that's it. I just love my food. <laughs> guys, I... It just all comes... But it's... You know, I, I just refuse to eat boring food. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I can't do that. I, I don't <laughs> live to just live. At least be a bit, you know, tasty as well, for sure. Well, it, it, it looks it. You know, gents, have you got any other final questions? No, I'm good. No, no at the moment. I think, I think generally, the idea of educating, yeah. especially young people, is super important for diabetes. I think, you know, the other age group is that, that sort of college university age where i remember my friend who had type 1 diabetes going out on a night out oh, yeah you know, <laughs> we didn't really think about it at the time you know we would just have go out drinking and, and we yeah. never thought that that didn't mean these blood glucose we knew he had diabetes but we didn't really he would have like something with coke zero or he would ask if they had a diet coke or whatever but yeah we didn't think too much of it but you know i've seen now as he's got older and we're now He's a little, you know, he's a couple of years younger than me, so he's probably 40 now. He's in better shape and health now than when he was younger because he understands things now. He exercises mm-hmm. more, he eats better. But the fact that is, you can still have things. You know, he's always drinking wine. I see his Facebook. He's a banker in Singapore. So he lives a good life. Right? But the fact is, you know, I think it's, a, it's that education for, especially the guys in their sort of teenage, early 20s, you can still have a life. Yeah. You just have to be slightly more careful about how you go about it. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. It's, it's um, you know, like going out and drinking. Um, I do that, but I do know how to manage it, you know? Yeah. The thing is, it can, it can be really dangerous. So the one thing about getting too intoxicated on alcohol or drugs, the problem is that you forget to measure your blood sugars and you won't feel a hypo or a hyper. And there's plenty of people that slip into a coma because of that. So that's where, you know, you have to draw a line, like enjoy, 
but yeah, who wants to who wants to lie down in the street anyway, face down? No one, I guess. But yeah, with that culture of binge drinking, diabetes doesn't fit in with that. That's for sure. So moderation, nice and boring. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't that, have to be. Yeah, no, that I think that's so interesting. Education in everything, and I mean, we complain about social media, but it is such a great platform to share. And like, I, I mean, just now that I understand like blood glucose more, like when you post, like, you know, you were swimming and you were a 4.7, I was like, oh, wow. And then it just all made so much more sense. And I just, I, I just love seeing how you just fit it into your lifestyle. And like you say, it doesn't need to slow you down or make you different no. or anything like yeah. that. And yeah. just, yeah, just having, having role models out there and people you can learn from is, I think it's so important. And that's what we strive to do here. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. And yeah, I mean, I mean, people who know you will know you've gone through a lot of back surgeries and that is another topic, which I think would be really great to talk to you about because I mean, and how that affected, I mean, that's so much stress on you and yeah everything yeah. in terms of you know your diabetes as well but for the, for the sake of this episode i think we will end it here but we might get you back first because that was um next time yeah guys. next time thank well, you for having me you are welcome you. and yes. you, you'll offer a delicious lunch somewhere i think yeah tamarind special Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and then they have some nice crab Ooh, so excited sounds so I good so good have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. All right. Take Bye. care.